Thanks for joining us today for the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast, a place where trauma, hardship, and challenge meet faith and hope for the future. Here is your host, Jill Riley. Welcome to Post Traumatic Faith. Season three has arrived. I am so excited to share with you this season new guests, new topics, and some great conversations. Thank you so much for joining us, and here's today's guest. Traumatic Faith. This is this is Jill Riley. Today we welcome John Giordano with us. Hi, John. Hey, Jill. How you doing? Well, I'm alive and above ground and healthy. That's well. That's awesome. That makes it a good day, day, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Well, John and I have been talking off, off, off air, bit, and uh, you are you are a remarkable man. You wear a lot of hats, don't hats, don't you? Yep. Well, before we get into that, tell me a little, me a little bit about about where you. You're breaking up a little bit. Okay. okay. And now. Okay. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so tell me a bit about where you grew up at. Okay, I grew up in the South Bronx. My family was like a mafia type family. My father was a heroin dealer. My uh, uncles were like uh, they would rob people. They would do. They would be Shylocks. They would, uh, you know, give people money at a high rate, and if you didn't pay, they would make sure you paid. Uh, my uncle was a hitman. As a matter of fact, my uncle at uh, when I was 20 threw my wedding, and uh, the caterer insulted him in front of the family. So the next morning, he killed him. And wow. uh, yeah, I we're we're making a possible movie out of uh, this is the the story the kid from the South Bronx who never gave up, and it talks about my life story how I was molested when I was eight and a half, and then I was molested when I was nine. I was first molested by boys in the neighborhood. Then um, part of me liked it. I couldn't understand why that would happen. Then part of me was shamed and guilt. And then all this, I thought something was wrong with me. And then uh, uh, my babysitter, she was 14, I was nine. She molested me. Mm. And I was in gangs. And uh, I wound up uh, going to karate. I'm also a grandmaster in the martial arts, national karate champion. Black Belt Hall of Fame, all that kind of stuff. And um, that got me out of the gangs. And but what eventually happened was I started doing drugs later on. And um, I wound up being everything I said it would never be. Uh, my father was uh, a dealer and and um, I became a dealer. And then I used to do collection work for the smugglers. And I used to teach uh, some of the bodyguards at one of the cartels in Cartagena, in Colombia. And um, I did a lot of crazy stuff. And then I got into treatment. And my family did an intervention on me. And I told you who my family was. So I'm wondering who's doing an intervention on them. They're doing it on me. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I wound up going to treatment. I I didn't think I needed it. My mother said that uh, she'll never talk to me again. And I says, okay, maybe they're really upset. So let me get in. I had some coke in my sock. I went into the bathroom, did some hits. And then I went into treatment and they were saying, you got to share your innermost secrets or innermost thoughts and group. And I told them I wouldn't even get high with you people. And if I had to share it, I'd probably have to kill you. So, you know, all crazy stuff. I was out to lunch. And um, 
as time went on, I had a spiritual awakening dream and I started to clear up. And a, a lot of the stories in the book, I don't want to keep going with the story because then you won't be able to read the book. Oh, but, I, I uh, just like the, 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 the teasers. Um, so we know a little, know a little bit about you. Right. And, uh, you know, I opened up, uh, it just goes on and on and on. And then I opened up a treatment center with my doctor and my therapist and I got cheated out of that uh, because I was a street kid. I never, you know, I, I only went to the ninth grade, uh, you know, and if you mess around with me in the street, I punch you in the face. All right. right. But, you know, now I'm in recovery. I can't punch you in the face anymore. Um, so I didn't have a lawyer and I got cheated. And I went back to school and I, I learned how to be a therapist. I, I had to have supervision for six years. So I shut my mouth. I stayed in the treatment center. I started. Okay. And um, while they were making millions, I was making a salary, which was okay. And then eventually, um, after I got my certifications and stuff, I, um, I left there. And, it, and I entered a book. It tells you how I left. And um, then I went to another place and uh, I got cheated again because mm. I didn't have a lawyer. So after that one, after I built it up for a year, the guy cheated me out of the place and said I worked for him instead of we being partners. He's a major contract. Is that another treatment center? Another treatment center. Then the third treatment center, I worked in the indigent treatment center, um, 55 bed indigent center for homeless people and people that had um, HIV and also had uh, comorbidity. In other words, they had mental health issues and substance abuse. Uh, but I didn't like that because it was an old therapeutic community, meaning they put you in the middle of the room, they beat you up, and then they build you back up. Well, I didn't know about anybody else. I didn't need any help getting beat up. I did a good enough job of beating myself up. Right. And then they used to get chocolates and cakes for lunch and for dessert. And then they used to act out the clients because of all the sugar. And then we used to put them on a bench and put a sign around their neck, you know, trying to teach them how not to do that. So that's what therapeutic communities did. Some of them, that's what this one did anyway. Right. So I left that and uh, this woman I was going out with told me, they, she said to me, why don't you open up your own treatment center? I said, I don't want to open up any more treatment centers. You know, see, so I learned everything about treatment centers when I first had the first center. I learned right. everything about it inside and out. So my father always told me, like, you know, if you learn everything about the business, you and nobody can hold you hostage. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So I said, look, I only got $300. So my friend had a little building, all right, 750 square foot building. And um, I went to him. I said, well, how much is the rent that little place next door? He said, how much you have? I said, look, Bill, I only have $300. He said, tell you what, start your business. After three months, you start to build it up. Then you can stop paying me $300 a month. I said, okay. So that's what I did. And I started off and everybody was laughing at me that, you know, go to Giordano and give you vitamins and they'll cure you. And that's not what I was saying. What I was saying was we need a comprehensive approach to addiction and mental health. And we're putting band-aids on people that have depression and anxiety and substance abuse. So uh, eventually I got involved with scientists and researchers and I don't know how that happened, but it happened. And I got, in, I got involved with a, a Dr. Deborah Mash, 
She's a neuromolecular scientist at the University uh, School of Medicine. She was the head of the Brain Bank and the Alzheimer's Foundation. And she was working on a project with Ibogaine. Ibogaine is a plant medicine from West Africa that was used as a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was it had psychedelic properties. And what happened was that this guy, Howard Blutzoff, who was a heroin addict, wanted to find a new high and went to West Africa and did Ibogaine. But to his surprise, he woke up the next morning and he was detoxed in 24 hours. Now, uh, it doesn't take 24 hours to detox off a heroin. And also, he had no cravings. So he said, wow, I can make money with this. So he opened up a treatment center in Panama. And that's when Dr. Mash got involved. But eventually, so she saw how he was with his behaviors and stuff also. Uh, and opened up her own place in St. Kitts. And her and I got together. Well, let me back up. She was doing an FDA trial in Miami on Ibogaine. And I called her up and said, I wanted to be part of the trial. She says, look, I'm sorry, but I'm busy. And I already have people. And she hung up on me. So six months later, I get a call. And it's her. So she says, look, Giordano, everywhere I go, your name pops up. We have to get together. Everybody says you're into this holistic stuff. I want to meet you. So that's how we started. We're still friends 20-something years later. Wow. As a matter of fact, she's uh, currently in England doing what England calls the FDA trials because she wants to bring it here to the United States because it's called a Schedule One drug, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous because uh, it's not addictive. Believe me, you don't want to do this a bunch of times, okay? Because it brings you back into your childhood traumas as an adult, to make it simplistic, and you have what is known as resolution, the cathartic experience, and people come out of it understanding their life a lot better, plus they get detoxed. So it's an incredible plant medicine. And what's it called again? again? Ibogaine. 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 I-B-O-G-A-I-N-E. Ibogaine. Now, uh, since it's a Schedule One drug, you can't do it in the United States. Okay, so you have to go offshore. And that's what we did. So plant medicine today is starting to have a resurgence. You have psilocybin, you have uh, ketamine, you have uh, ayahuasca, you know, you have all these LSD. And listen, they work 100 times better than the mental health pills that the pharmaceutical giving people because that's a guessing game they do. Mm-hmm. You know, take two of these, take three of these. Oh, that, that, that milligram doesn't work. Up your milligram. Oh, no, maybe it's too much. Lower your milligram. No, maybe take this medication because that medication is causing this problem. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. So you go on the medication roller coaster ride. Some people are on five, six, seven medications, all right? And they still get depressed and anxiety, and a lot of them commit suicide. Not a lot, but some. Some, right. Okay? So these approaches, like I'm going to possibly be opening up a ketamine clinic, which I wasn't for. Four years ago, I was lecturing in Taipei at the Neuroscience Conference. And... I was listening to some of these scientists talk about ketamine. And it kind of scared me because they said that, you know, if people, because they used to use it to get high, it called Special K. 
right? So they said that, you know, people would, once they feel good, they would want to keep doing it. Well, okay. yes and no, number one. Number two, you get people that are severely depressed and medication doesn't work. All these people want is get out of depression and their anxiety. And if you have proper follow-up and you have proper counseling and, you know, you have the things that are necessary to make it a comprehensive approach, uh, that usually doesn't happen. I've heard tremendous things about ketamine. You heard what? I've heard really good about it. Good stuff about it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, my wife suffers from bipolar disorder. So she is currently doing ketamine now. It's helping her. She's one of these people that's been on medication for 43 years. Now, I can't give her the things that I know that work, like amino acid therapy and stuff, because she has a kidney transplant. Mm. And, you know, when you have a kidney transplant, you know, you got to be careful with proteins. Right. It's very hard for the kidney. So when I opened up my treatment center, I said, look, there's only a 5 to 8% recovery rate. Something's wrong. Okay. So what I did was I started looking at why do we have depression and anxiety? All right. Well, the common answer is, well, you have trauma, which is true. Okay. Uh, you had early childhood stuff that went on, which is true. Uh, you may have PTSD from uh, something that happened whether you were at war or whatever. Okay, that's true. There's a psychological component, but that's not the only reason. Okay? So do you know other reasons why people get depressed and have anxiety? Uh, tell me. Don't. You don't know, right? Most people don't. Don't feel so bad. Most people don't. But once I tell you this is what I lecture about, by the way. They go, you're going to go, oh, wait, I never thought of that. Because that's what everybody tells me. <laughs> you have a low thyroid. Can you have depression and anxiety? Yeah. Try. Everything I'm going to tell you right now is medically sound. No doctor will disagree. Okay? If you have leaky gut syndrome or H. pylori infection, okay, you've got depression and anxiety. That's a fact. Look it up. I don't want anybody to believe me. Look it up. If you have low testosterone or high testosterone, depression and anxiety. If you're hypoglycemic, you can get depression and anxiety. If you have a closed head injury, you can have depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, and behavioral problems. So what do you think about that? That's interesting. It makes sense. I mean, I mean, in the in the sense that our bodies as and arms are all connected. I mean, so if they're all connected, why are we just treating the head? I don't know. I don't know. Because you know why? Doctors are trained to do that. We're not looking at people as holism. People have deficiencies, certain nutrient deficiencies can cause depression and anxiety. Allergies can cause depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. These are all medical facts. This is not John Giordano making this stuff up. <laughs> uh, uh, i give you an example. They invited me, in, uh, I think it was 2009, I lectured at the, the Grand Rounds in the University of Gainesville. Now, the Grand Rounds is for special lecturers 
uh, I lectured the doctors. They, they webinarred across the state of Florida. They do not ask you to be the, uh, the, the keynote speaker if what you're saying is baloney. Okay. I lecture, I'm the keynote speaker at international conferences. They wouldn't invite me if what I'm telling you right now is not true. Right. So I just want your listeners out there, listen, okay? Don't just think there's only one road to Rome. There are many roads to Rome. So how do you go balancing all of that out and figuring out? Figuring you out go, now we pass the next thing, okay? Most people that have addiction, okay, if not all, go through what is known as pause, post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Mm-hmm. If you were to ask a regular doctor, what did they do about it? They really don't know. You know what they're going to tell you? Time. Counseling. Um, tell you what. Damage your brain and start talking to it. Let me know how it works. Yeah. Oh, but how do you fix the brain? Ah, question. Now, here's the answer. Hyperbaric medicine. Hyperbaric medicine, HBOT, is oxygen under pressure. It was first used for the bends over 100 years ago. Then they found out it does wound healing. Now they're finding out it does TBI cases, traumatic brain injury cases. Is anybody going to argue, Jill, that drugs and alcohol damage your brain? No, no. It's not. But what do you do about it? Ah, it's just like a wound, okay? Actually, there's science behind it. There's Dr. Paul Hartz, who I have worked with before, who is a scientist, okay, who went to the Senate, and uh, him and uh, uh, Dr. Williamson, and they got them to approve wound healing for diabetics in the VA. Right. Okay. And he also works with TBI cases, traumatic brain injury cases, where people that neurologists said they can't see anymore, they couldn't ever walk again. He heals them. Tons of information on it. But doctors, unfortunately, some of them are egotistical. And if it's not their wheelhouse, they just poo-poo it. So now how do you help with the depression and anxiety? First of all, do you know where serotonin and dopamine is made? No. Most people don't. In your gut. Go look it up. 60 to 90% is made in your microbiome or microbiota. That's the flora in your gut, the bacteria in your gut. Now, when that's when, when you have serotonin dopamine in your gut, it goes up to your vagus nerve and it deposits it into your brain. Now, I work with the geneticist who found the addiction gene, the alcoholic gene. There is a gene, it's the main gene. Okay, it's called the DRD2 ALE1 variant gene, founded by Dr. Blum and Ernie Noble, Dr. Ernie Noble. Okay, I think it was in 1976. Now, they have what is known as the GARS test, Genetic Addiction Risk Score Test. What that does is they take a DNA test with a swab, and they see if you have a mild, moderate, or severe propensity for addiction. So if you have the genetics, let's say, okay? And for depression and anxiety and stuff like that also. 
Now, just because you have the gene doesn't mean you're going to become an addict because there's such a thing as epigenetics. Epigenetics means the social environment can change the gene expression. So therefore, you're not stuck. Okay, you all well, guys, can well, please, I always tell people, please don't believe a word I tell you. Look it up. Well, that's why I was just, just going to, if you have that gene, then, then what are your chances of staving, staving off disease? Well, here's the deal. If you have the gene, like I said, your social environment can change that expression. If you don't do drugs, you don't do alcohol, and you continue to do it, uh, yeah, you're going to have a mess. Now, most people say to me, well, how do you know I'm an addict? I have a very simplistic way. The DSM-5 will tell you a whole bunch of things. I have the easiest way of telling it, okay? If you continue to do a substance or a behavior in spite of adverse consequences, maybe you may want to take a look at it. And just maybe you have a problem and just maybe you're addicted. Mm. Simple. Yeah. Okay? So what I did was I took a look at what aren't we doing and what are we doing? Now, I don't want to say uh, therapy is not good. Therapy is very important. Now, and you're a therapist, right? Yes, I am. So I, I do NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Okay. I also do EMDR, which I redeveloped that. EMDR is eye hand movements. It's called eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh, my God. Movement desensitization. Yeah, movement desensitization reprocessing. Thank you. Okay. So that we do for trauma. What See, what talk therapy does, in my simplistic way of putting it, is it deals with the software of the brain. As you know, a computer, if you uh, erase something on your computer, it's still on your hard drive. Right, right. So if you deal with your software on your brain, it's still on your hard drive. Most people live in the past and they live in the future. And they don't realize that the present can re-change the future or create a new future, okay? But people keep on looping from the past to the future. They keep recreating their past. Now, trauma, I work with wounded warriors. I've worked with police officers that have been in shootings, uh, women that have been raped. uh, You name it, I've worked with it. And what you mean, though, what most people don't realize, it doesn't have to be acute trauma. It could be subacute. Now, what does that mean? Well, first of all, you have a dog that you love and been with many years, and the dog dies. That's traumatizing to some people. Sure. Or you wanted to play a certain sport, and you have a knee injury, and you no longer play that sport. That's trauma. Or your husband or your wife cheated on you. That's trauma. Or your husband, your wife, your mother, or your father died. That's trauma. Okay, all of these are different traumas. And why we call it trauma is because how it's affecting your life. Mm-hmm. You re- re- keep re- re- reoccurring theme with that. Okay? So that's traumatizing for people. People that got uh, cheated on. Now they, they, they use, they look at life completely different in relationships. Right. Okay? So now what happens is 
they stop making not such good choices sometimes, okay? Because they eliminate some people that could really well be a great match, okay? Or what happens is they wind up being lonely and they wind up being uh, depressed, mm -hmm. okay? Not trusting that anybody out there is trustworthy. And uh, it colors the way you look at life. Right. So all these things color the way you look at life. Oh, I'm, if I wasn't that football player, what am I going to do with my life? I had all my dreams on, you know, that kind of thing. So that's what so I does do. Does subacute trauma, trauma deal with the software or the hardware? Um, it all depends on your approach. Okay. So if I'm dealing with something like that, let's uh, let's give you an example. I deal with somebody that, uh, let's take a subacute. Um, Somebody cheated on them, whether it be a male or a female, doesn't matter. Okay, so I do the technique on them, and what it, what the EMDR does, or TRT, because I changed the EMDR, I made a hybrid of it. What I did with EMDR, I added NLP. Okay, I added the hypnotherapy with the tonalities and a hypnotic type of trance also, and holotropic breathing, and I put that all together with the EMDR, and I did something called TRT. Trauma release technique. Hmm. Now, that, that approach, what I do is this. I don't go to what happened uh, that the husband cheated on the wife, let's say. I don't go to that. I go to what emotion was elicited by that act. Right. right. So now when you go to that emotion, believe it or not, there's a whole string of other feelings that get hooked into this from other events that you're not even talking about. Mm -hmm. You know? So I do the technique, and once I, I'm able to have them disassociate from that emotion of state because of that, everything changes the way they view life. Mm -hmm. Because those emotions, what happens is it colors the way you look at life. So, so is that a is that a way um, like people talk about talk about um, these are the things we made up about ourselves ourselves or the things that that we make up about 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 it's the story we tell we tell ourselves that what you're saying? Yes. What happens is this: when you growing up and things happen to you, you keep reliving that in your mind in different ways. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nobody liked me in school, so nobody maybe don't like me. You know, this person doesn't like me, or I'm, I isolate from people because. They're probably not going to like me anyway. I'm, I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm not good looking. Uh, I'm, whatever. Or I'm good looking, but I really don't feel like I'm good looking. Uh, you know, all those things are from early childhood, right? And they start to lay patterns down. Right. And these patterns create situations in your life. Then you get what is called depression. Then you get anxiety. You go to a party. You're anxious. You don't want to be around too many people. You feel out of place. You don't feel like you fit in. Does this sound all familiar? Yep. Yeah. So this is what we do. Now you have to break that cycle. Now, how do you break that cycle? Okay, you can do talk therapy. You can do mindfulness, uh, all of this stuff. That helps tremendously. So does the EMDR stuff help tremendously. But the other component that could be driving it is the medical conditions. So when you treat all of it together, you know, you're like a detective. You're looking for the weakness 
mm-hmm. and the strength in your approach. See, most therapists, they only treat it psychologically. Right, right. Okay, and then throw pills at you. So what do the pills do? They blunt your emotions. Mm-hmm. And they affect you in a lot of other ways. People gain weight, okay, undesirable weight they don't want to gain. People no longer sexually feel sexual anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they, 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 it creates a whole bunch of other problems on another side. So, you know, I always say, you, you, you know, you fix one thing and you break nine other things. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what do you do? How do you fix this stuff? Now, we talked about what's broken or may be broken. First of all, you gotta, first of all your food intake is extremely important. I suggest, and I only suggest people, do a plant-based diet. Our food supply is tainted. Our food supply is processed. There's chemicals in all our food. And our bodies don't process these things correctly. If you ever go to a foreign country and eat and then come back here and eat, you're going to go, wow, why, why do I feel different? That's because of all the chemicals. Because our country is very capitalistic. Okay? Uh, all we want to do is make money, which is okay to make money. All right? But not at my expense. All right? Well, our expense and, you know, sugar. All right? Leads havoc on the body. Processed food, we have it on the body. People are severely overweight and they can't figure out why they can't lose weight. Well, because you have all this kind of, this, these foods in here and these chemicals in your body that you can't process. So the body takes it and adds it to the fat instead of dispelling it. Exercise. What does exercise do? You go to any heart specialist, they'll tell you about exercise. Exercise gets rid of stress. What does stress do? Stress depletes dopamine and serotonin. What does exercise do? It increases dopamine and serotonin and depletes stress. So you get two for one. Yep. Right? Okay. Water. Most people don't drink enough water. Your brain shrinks if you don't drink enough water. Most people don't realize that. We're about what? 80%? Water? 70% water? If you don't drink enough water, you don't function properly and you can't. Get the toxins out of your body. You ever try to clean your floor with a dry rag? Let me know how you do. That makes sense. Okay. So everything I'm telling you is science-based, evidence-based. That's what I lecture about. I don't talk about things that are airy-fairy stuff that, oh, yeah, but it sounds good, but, you know, there's nothing in the back. I don't do that. I only talk about stuff because I talk to doctors. I talk to scientists. I talk to researchers. I can't talk about things that may work or things that may cause a problem. So let's look at the second brain. What is the second brain? Your gut. Your gut is your second brain. Okay? So we have to treat the gut properly. Now you do it with enzymes, so you get the most out of your nutrients, your food. Okay? Probiotics because and prebiotics. Probiotics is one thing, but you need prebiotics. Prebiotics is the food for probiotics. Most people don't know that. They take probiotics and they don't take prebiotics. Probiotics is the bacteria that you need to fight 
the bad bacteria. But if you don't take prebiotics, you're starving your good bacteria. So you have to take both. And a lot of Interesting. Uh, a lot of places like Dr. Gundry has a, has a good a good product that has prebiotics and probiotics in it. And with a glass bottle, not a plastic bottle. Mm-hmm. Okay? These things are important. Right. right. Um, so how do you know you're deficient? Well, it's not a guessing game. It's real simple. You go get a micronutrient test. What do you do that at? You get it at a, you go, you get blood work. You go to your doctor. Okay. Um, you're an alternative doctor. You go to a regular doctor. They tell, nah, you don't need that. Just eat right. And which is a joke. Okay. So you go to an alternative doctor, integrative medicine doc, and you ask him for a micronutrient test. Micronutrient test will tell you where you're deficient and where you have too much of a certain nutrient. Because either way can cause problems. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? So now it's not a guessing game. Okay? Now you know exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. This is simple stuff, but most people don't even know about this stuff. So now, once somebody, how do I somebody know, become... Go ahead. How do I know about my gut? What, how, how do you find out about that? Oh, most people don't know about that either. You go to one of, you go to your integrated doctor, they'll give you a poop test. Mm-hmm. Okay? And when you go to the bathroom, you have to put the poop, it's a little disgusting, into a vial and all this other stuff at different times. And then they send it to a laboratory and they tell you exactly what's going on with your gut for. So now you're targeting what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You're not just throwing stuff at it. It's real simple, but most people don't go through all of this. Right. Okay. So you got, I, I like the ketamine. Okay. Uh, the more I read about it, the more I talk to people that have it, the more I experience with my own wife. Okay. I see the benefit of it. What it does, it's reprogramming the hard drive. Right. Not the software. And you take six sessions, you need a coach, you need therapy also with it. You don't just do it and say, oh, it's a magic bullet. No. Okay. It's a tool in a toolbox. Right. You got a toolbox now, a bunch of other tools in there. Okay. You're building a house. First, you got to build a foundation. So you have to change your behaviors. You have to take, you have to start learning to look within, not without. You have to stop living in your history and learn there are no failures in life. There are only lessons. Mm, That's powerful. Powerful. Okay. That's what people don't realize. Now I'm going to read you a little thing that I wrote in my book. Okay. The kid from the South Bronx who never gave up. So I did it to help people to motivate them. I started my business with $300 and 18 years later, we sold it for 45 million. So if you would have told me this years ago, I probably would have punched you in the face thinking (laughs) you're trying to make fun of me. So here's the story. Let me put my, I can see it, but it's a lot easier if I put these on. Okay. 
There is one thing in this world, one special lesson, one constant that has guided me to the turbulent waters of life. This infinite rule, which most people know, but ignore, or who simply do not follow their life lessons. That is, no matter what, no matter the circumstances, the obstacles, the people that get in our way or things that slow us down, follow this one simple rule. Never give up on your dreams, never let go of your passions, and especially never give up on yourself or a God of your understanding. I was blessed to become extremely successful and I'd like to share my story with you. This is how my life was transformed and how I was saved from falling into the abyss of hell and by following this one rule and learning how to have a life worth living. So that's in the back of the book. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, well, quick before, um, before we wrap up here, here, tell me a bit about all of, all of the different, the different things going. I know you're a chaplain, chaplain, therapist. What else are you doing? You're okay. lecturing. Okay. I've done plays. I've done concert, concerts with James Brown. Uh, I've done eight plays at the theater performing arts. I used to have my own television show for six years, a call in live talk show. I had my own radio show. Um, I'm a chaplain for the North Miami Police Department. I also am an author of a number of books, How to Beat Your Addiction and Live a Quality Life. Uh, it's, it's on my website. If you go to John, the initial J, Giordano.com, you'll see some of the television shows I've been on, the radio shows, the podcast. You'll see my, my bio. You'll see all kinds of stuff. Great, and great. The research, I'm in 79 medical and scientific peer-reviewed journals. There's only 73, it says on there. So I got up, updated. <laughs> um, I'm a grandmaster in the martial arts, karate. I'm also a black belt in judo, a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I'm in two black belt halls of fame. I just got into the International uh, Warriors Hall of Fame. It was the coolest thing that ever happened to me. It was 50 grandmasters from around the world uh, on Zoom accepting this award from every, from China, from Korea, from Vietnam, from Europe. I mean, it was amazing. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. So they put me on, you know, on that. Uh, I'm a, I don't know how many time national karate champion. I'm a metropolitan AU judo champion. Uh, and I'm a recovering addict <laughs> with 38 years coming out, 38 years of recovery. Congratulations. That's so, I know a lot of criminal justice, but I'm an expert witness for the feds and for the state. Um, I'm, I'm about to make a movie out of this book, hopefully. I, uh, my producer is, I don't know if you watch television, Captain Sandy from Below Deck, mm-hmm. uh, the television show. She's my producer and my other friend, uh, Randy. And um, Netflix is taking a look at it. We have uh, a few of the big boys taking a look at this. That, that's great. Well, we will keep tra- we'll keep track of you, and I will put your information on our show. And I'm excited to to be where where your never give up takes you. You know what takes me wherever God wants me to go. All I know is this: I'm helping God's kids, 
and it's the best high in the world. Because when I, if I can help one addict, one person has mental illness, I save a whole family. They do the work. I don't save them. They, they save themselves. But I'm just part of their journey. And if I can help and they, they change and they get better, wow. To me, that's worth it. That's why I still do all this stuff. That's amazing. Amazing. Called the kid from the South Bronx, Bronx who never gave up. Where can we find it at? at? Everywhere. Everywhere. You can go okay. on Amazon. You can go on Walmart. You can go wherever you want to go. Looking forward to reading it. John, thank you so much for sharing. Much for sharing. And I just appreciate your just just everything, everything that you've given us to think about and to chew on. So I, so I appreciate it. Well, I hope I imparted some information. And like I tell everybody, please don't believe me. Just look it up. Give yourself a chance. Stop getting stuck in your stuff that you're stuck in. <laughs> yeah. Get unstuck and investigate. This is your life. Nobody's going to help you better than you. So don't get get get, get unstuck and never up. We got it. Thank you, John. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can find Jill at JillRiley.com, on Facebook at JillRiley.Author, Twitter at JillRileyAuthor, and Instagram at JillRiley.Author. Also, feel free to send Jill an email at Jill at JillRiley.org. Thanks for listening in and have a great day.